Hello everybody and welcome to the Small Bees Kaizen podcast. My name is Brian Venge. Welcome to the show. This is episode 12. If you're joining us for the first time, you're in good company because on this show we talk about all the things that your business needs to consider to use Kaizen or continuous improvement as a central part of your business strategy. So it's all about what can we do today to make a better business for tomorrow. So what do we have lined up for the show today? Great interview. I've got cross-continental, the US, the UK, linking it all up with Skype. I'm not going to steal too much thunder from this one because it's really, really packed and loaded with loads and loads of useful tips that you can use today to improve your website and your business going forward. There's so much in this um, interview, I've had to cut it into two parts. So today we're going to be covering the first part and um, next week this time, be sure to join us as we cover the 10 ways in which you can optimize your website to increase conversions. Enjoy. So welcome everybody. I just want to welcome you back to this uh, episode 12 of the Small Bees Kaizen podcast. Um, today we have a special uh, interview lined up. This is a cross-continental interview. Um, it's a fantastic hookup using Skype. It's amazing what you can do with technology these days. So um, on two ends of the Skype lines, I've got two guys who I actually met a couple of weeks ago at the e-commerce expo which was held in in london uh, not so long ago um so the two guys who i'll give a chance for them to um say hello to you guys uh is carl york from a company called dine dns and uh andy piggott from a company called Incuccio. so guys welcome to the show yeah thank you for thank having us great stuff so let's start with you Great stuff. Let's start with you, uh, Kyle. Do you want to just uh, explain to us um, what your business does? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, uh, thank you for having us on the show. Uh, it was exciting to meet you out in London. Um, you know, we're definitely uh, trying to grow our business in a lot of ways, and to be able to do things like this is very helpful. So we appreciate you hosting the blog and doing all that you do. Um, it's, it's nice. Um, Most welcome. So, so excellent. So, yeah, so basically Dine, uh, the company, uh, you can find us at Dine.com, D-Y-N.com. Basically, we were rooted in um, DineDNS.com, which is a, uh, basically an online e-commerce storefront for services, uh, domain registration, uh, uh, managed DNS hosting, so domain, domain name system hosting, uh, some email services. Uh, and basically, the company overall is a managed DNS provider for everybody from the home user all the way up through the enterprise business. So uh, Incutio and Andy is a very loyal customer of ours on our Dynect platform, uh, which is basically a a 16 location, globally redundant, globally deployed IP Anycast DNS network. And basically what that means is we'll actually uh, respond to uh, DNS queries for our customer websites from the nearest possible facility to them. So, you know, Brian's sitting in the UK today and he wants to go to a website of 
uh, or go to a lookup or go to a website of one of our customers. Let's say it happens to be a customer like Twitter or a customer like um, Netflix or whatever it might be. Um, he's going to actually, we're going to respond to that DNS query from our London data center because that's nearest to him. So all about decreased latency, high performance, um, things of that nature. So again, the company uh, is Dynink. Uh, basically doing uh, internet routing, internet networking uh, through the DNS, the domain name system, uh, and you know, offering that on DynDNS.com uh, for consumers and SMBs and uh, the Dynact platform uh, for enterprises. Brilliant. We'll come back to, to uh, aspects of what you just mentioned there, um, Kyle. Now, um, let's move over to Andy. Andy, do you want to just introduce um, yourself and your company, please? Yeah, absolutely. And I would just like to reiterate what Kyle said. Um, it's, a, it's a real delight to be talking with you today. Um, you know, we've, we've been following the, the, the podcast for a little while now because we are a small business as well. Um, so it, it, it's nice to be featured on here. Brilliant. Um, now, in Kusho, um, we're a software business. We've been around for about 10 years. Um, we, we specialize in web applications, in particular uh, e-commerce and content management um, and the way we go about addressing the build solution is to really try and focus on best of breed um, technology solutions. So mm-hmm. we identify partners like Dyn, um, yeah. who we can work with to provide real cutting edge technology to, to quite a broad range of customers. And that's, you know, from, from our larger businesses, such as gbposters.com and Indigo Furniture, who are you know, big online retailers uh, in the UK, mm-hmm. um, way through very, very small retailers, everybody has the same platform and gets to use that technology, which as a business by themselves, they wouldn't be able to actually access that. Absolutely. Great stuff, great stuff. And I did well, one my- thing, hey, Brian, do you yeah. mind if I jump in back in real quick? One thing I just wanted to make sure we mentioned, uh, just for the users out there who might not know what DNS is. Um, exactly, I was just going to yeah. come to that. <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> yeah, go for it. Perfect. So basically, all, all of the domain name system is, is it's the internet phone book that says, when I type in website uh, A, uh, foo.com, or, or any of our customers, or any website on the internet, um, it's, the, it's the phone book that says... I'm going to get to this IP address or to this set of IP addresses that are actually going to serve back that content. Mm. So instead of having to remember you know, an up to 16-digit um, IP number, you can actually just remember that domain name. So uh, it's, it's an it's a ease-of-use system. Um, it's been around for 25 years, the technology. Uh, mm-hmm. It's underlying uh, internet electricity, internet plumbing, um, but extremely important. And, and the analogy I always like to give around it, and I believe I gave this at the talk in London, yeah. was... You know, imagine going to call a good friend of yours you haven't talked to in a long time and you may not remember their name so you pull out your mobile phone and you say I want to call my friend Mike and you might not remember Mike's number but you're sure as hell going to remember that your friend's name is Mike Absolutely. <laughs> so you're going to go type in to your, to your Blackberry and call Mike and that's a very similar thing to what's happening when you're um, going to uh, the internet and typing in a domain name into a browser Awesome. And just on that point, Carl, why, why is it important for anybody who's got a business online to be aware and even be conscious of what DNS stands for? Because a lot of the times, you know, you just enroll, you know, through a service like uh, GoDaddy or whatever, you, you, you get a hosting uh, package and you don't really stop to think about what DNS is all about. So w- what importance is it to anyone who's got an online business? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, at the end of the day, I think, you know, as much as we sell managed DNS, I think what we're really selling is reliability, um, speed, security, and uptime. So if you think about it from a use case standpoint, um, those, sure, those um, large global registrars um, do offer DNS services that come kind of with the domain name registration or with that hosting package, what we're basically doing is we're entirely specialists in DNS and only DNS. So by having a global network and not just having DNS servers in one facility, by utilizing IP Anycast technology to drag traffic to the nearest data centers, um, and then to also, on top of all that, just give more insight and more more access to control the knobs and levers. And what I mean by that is do things like load balancing. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to load balance, you know, between between the UK and between the US, and I want to make sure that uh, people are accessing content for UK visitors. It's for UK visitors only, and people in the US are accessing US content. So, mm. as much as you can think about it, just as DNS, if you also think of it more as you know, uh, cloud-based disaster recovery or or cloud load balancing or cloud you know geo routing, yeah. these are things that are extremely expensive. If you were to go to buy hardware and try to deploy it yourself, you have Absolutely. to hire specialists and all that. So we're basically just an outsourced provider of of, of you know of routing and load balancing and um, kind of internet mapping technology. It's important for all users. Um, and that's why we have services that start at free. They go to $30 a year. They go yeah. to $30 a month. They, and you know, we have big enterprises who are paying tens of thousands of dollars a month. Um, so it's, it's, we, we've tried to build a company that's so focused um, on one thing, um, but doing it for everybody in, in some way that you could, it's a one-stop shop to achieve, you know, more reliable online site. Awesome. And uh, you mentioned also in, 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 in your brief intro to, to your company that you even have accounts, um, uh, of course, in Kuchi is one of your accounts as well. But in addition to that, you also have Twitter and Netflix. I mean, these, these are uh, pretty huge um, services. How, how, how has your service experience been with, with, with the likes of uh, Twitter specifically? Well, phenomenal. I mean, because I believe that the vendor-client relationship is dead, um, and, mm. and that's a pretty bold statement. Sure. But you know, if you look at the world of of software as a service, or even more importantly, um, we are infrastructure as a service. So, if you think about it, you know, we are basically doing a very core function um, for these businesses, large or small. Um, mm. And so, what we're basically able to be is an extension of their network operations teams, of their technology and engineering teams. Um, uh, and so those relationships have been phenomenal because they've taught us a lot. They've um, been able to bring a, an area of expertise in either serving, you know, a fast, fast scaling company like a Twitter or large, large uh, uh, media delivery kind of delivery company like a Netflix. I mean, we're basically able to learn a lot about what our technology um, is doing well, uh, where it can improve, um, and where we should go with it in the future. And so it's really. Uh, less of a vendor relationship and more of a partnership. And I know that sounds cliche and it's what a lot mm. of salespeople say, but at the end of the day, when you're selling mission critical infrastructure, you're basically selling trust. I mean, people come to us to ensure that their website is always up and always running. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, it's a unique relationship that we absolutely have. And I think Andy could speak extremely well to um, you know why they use us at Incusio for their applications, um, mm-hmm. but also why... You know, he'll he passes that off to his own customers uh, as a service that they that they can access um, through that relationship. Because at the end of the day, we're only as good as our customers say we are. Um, if we have issues or if our customers don't like us, then we're not going to win another customer uh, or retain the ones we have. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So if we just turn a little bit the attention to um, what, what what you guys really covered in depth, which uh, a lot of people found interesting, which is the whole thing about optimizing a website. And t- and, and Andy, I want to turn to you um, just as a start. What, what exactly are we talking about if we're talking about we- website performance? I mean, h- how do you define what performance is? What, what are we really talking about? Well, uh, performance has really become the new uptime. Um, about 18 months ago, everybody was chasing, uh, we want better uptime, we want our website up 100% of the time. Um, and that goal has become very attainable now. It's very easy to access the technology that allows us to do that, and it's not as costly as it used to be. Mm. And really, performance has come around as the new uptime. So this is being driven by by two key things. Um, the first is um, search engines that... Uh, Google are asking us to render pages in two seconds or less and by doing that they will actually reward sites that can give them data faster and allow them to to process and deal um, with those sites in a a faster manner therefore using less resources and sites which are slower than that um, it will to some degree penalize so you'll get you won't get as much search engine traffic because you'll be lower down the listings Hmm. Um, the second thing is the consumer. Um, users are very internet savvy these days, they're very quick at using websites and if they have to sit and wait for pages to render, they'll generally get frustrated and just go somewhere else. Sure. Um, so by improving performance of your website, you will get not just better search results and more customers coming to your site, but you'll actually improve the customer experience and improve conversion. Yeah. And what I seem to recall from your talk that you guys gave in London is, um, you know, even a couple of milliseconds can make that much of an impact. You gave the example of Amazon. Do you want to just uh, elaborate a little bit for our listeners just to see what the impact of a couple of milliseconds has on your overall conversion? Absolutely. Um, I mean, Amazon are are probably the most published statistic in this arena at the moment. Um, Back in 2007, they they did a lot of testing um, around the performance of their, their site. Um, and they concluded that for every 100 milliseconds slower a page is to get to the customer, mm-hmm. the sales decreased by 1%. Mm-hmm. And conversely, um, every 100 milliseconds faster you can make your page, you should increase sales by about 1%, mm-hmm. which can make a, a very big difference on a, on a business. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Bing and Google have done similar studies also. Um, Google, again back in 2007, they introduced a half millisecond slowdown for each page of their search results. Mm. Um, And they actually saw a revenue decrease by 2%, which on an organization of Google's size would have meant about 900 million um, of lost revenue over the year if Mm. their pages were half a second slower. Um, And Bing, which is Microsoft's latest search engine, have also reported that by introducing a two-second slowdown on their search results, they saw revenue per user drop by 4.3%. So the slower it goes, the less you convert, um, because users will will just go somewhere else. They'll find what they need somewhere else. Definitely. definitely. An interesting thing to add to that, too, uh, just a little anecdote from a a kind of customer story that I think is kind of unique. Um, I was, uh, about a year and a half ago, I was... uh, 
out in San Francisco at a customer uh, called Truvio, uh, T-R-U-V-E-O.com. And Truvio is actually the engine behind AOL.video.com. Um, they're they're an AOL property that was acquired, I want to say, uh, uh, three years ago or so. Um, and we were out at uh, Truvio because Tru- Truvio is using our our, our uh, $30 a year uh, custom DNS service on DynDNS.com, which is great for um, kind of startups and real small businesses um, and consumers who have great websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a company like Truvio, an entity of AOL, um, they really need to be on our Dynec platform. So the, the, part, the point of the meeting was to get them onto the appropriate platform um, for their business to handle their traffic, to handle their traffic spikes, to decrease latency, to give more granular reporting, uh, to give greater, better user interfaces and APIs and all the things that an enterprise needs. Sure. And we walked into the meeting and as we were walking uh, to their CEO, uh, Arnaud, and he's the founder of the company, into his office, he said, oh, you see those two guys over there? He says, we pay them hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Uh, they're PhDs in, in, uh, in, in engineering, and, and we pay them all this money to eliminate five milliseconds uh, <laughs> of lookup time because five milliseconds matters in, an, in a back-end application that's serving video on thousands of sites on the internet. Absolutely. And I laughed because I said, well, a really simple fix would be if you switched from our consumer service to our enterprise service, we'll actually cut you 100 milliseconds. <laughs> and it'll probably only cost you a few hundred dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really an interesting, um, think, enlightening thing for me. I had only been in our company about six months. I was still learning. I feel like I'm still learning about DNS. Uh, and it was an enlightening moment for me where I said, wow, you know, you know, performance is that new uptime. People really, 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 really want websites that are fast. And not only websites that are fast, but the applications that run those websites to be fast. Because a real big kind of um, customer base of ours, you know, I can name drop all day the great companies that we work with, but it's a lot of the behind the scenes engines to make those sites work um, that are using services like ours to enable their stuff. Those are, those are really the, the phenomenal use cases as well. Absolutely. I think I'd probably like to jump back in again very quickly as Please well do. and just say that. Um, you know, a lot of the people we talk about are, are big organizations and, and massive internet companies, but, you know, th- this really does come down to absolutely everybody who runs a website. It, it is now a race to have the fastest site, and the fastest site will, you know, often get the, the best search results and the most custom. Mm. Um, another another sort of success story which, which popped up um, was Shopzilla. Um, who yeah, yeah, I think just last year they redesigned their site to take five seconds off their page load speed. Wow. Um, and they saw actually a 25% increase on page views immediately after that um, and an increase of 7 to 12% on revenue. Um, but they saved a huge amount of money because the work they did on that performance um, meant they were able to cut their infrastructure and cut their hosting costs by about 50%. Um, so it's not just about spending money on new services. It's actually about being able to to save money and and and, in, and you know invest in the future of your site. That's the thing. Right? Yeah, and just also to to add a final thing to that, it's it's funny. You know, when you're a provider of any sort of service, you're consistently asked, "Who do you work with? Like, yeah. who are your customers?" Um, and, and, and 
we all in any business you want to put the logos on your website or you want to talk about the customers that you know everybody's going to know mm-hmm. um i can tell you that you know on dine dns we have over 4 million customers mm-hmm. um and many of which you know many of which you don't many of which are just your friend uh and his small business uh it, it, we always get asked and it's it's just an interesting response cuz they'll say well i'm nothing like twitter i'm nothing like netflix i'm nothing like a shopzilla and mm-hmm. you know we'll jump back and say well I can name, how about I start naming, um, you know, how about all I, I start naming all the ones that you've never heard of? Would that help you? Um, and I typically do. I'll start rattling off the product wikis and the uh, oyster.coms and the different ones that people have never heard of that are great companies doing great things yeah. um, and someday may splash on the scene, but mm. they're, they're thinking early uh, on about the importance of performance. Exactly. Absolutely. Now that that's it's it's absolutely vital. Now, if if we just turn our attention now to um, the you know the the crux of, of 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 what you guys presented in London, which was really the ten ways in which you can actually optimize your website. And this is where I I know a lot of our listeners are really keen to jump onto some of these very practical. At least when I was listening into you guys talk, I thought a lot of these things were really practical things you can actually do from the onset. So. Let's start with that element of uh, speed. And the first question would be, how do you actually know how fast your website is? How do you actually measure that? And then through answering that, Andy, maybe just take us through the first couple of those 10 uh, ways in which you can optimize your website to better increase the conversion. Sure. Well, I think it's it's probably worth just touching on what what we mean by um, by performance and, and speed at this point. Absolutely. Um, and really, there, there's two metrics which I, I think spring to mind, and, and the things we're we're aiming for, which will actually help us understand what we need to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is is time to first byte. Um, this is a measure of how long it takes for your browser to get data back from a web server after you after you've hit go. So mm-hmm. once you've typed in uh, twitter.com. Yep. How long does it actually take to start getting data back from Twitter's servers into your browser? Um, now, there's, there's a number of services around that can, that can tell us this information. Probably the, the best one is a, a site called bitecheck.com, and I'm, I'm sure this will be in the, the show notes. Absolutely. Um, you can literally visit that site, put in the address of your website, and it mm-hmm. will tell you how long it takes to get the first byte of data back. And really, you want to be looking at... Less than 400 milliseconds is an ideal. Ideally, a lot faster. A lot of sites deliver back in less than 100 milliseconds. But mm-hmm. anything less than that sort of 400 milliseconds will, will be a, you're in a good place to start with. Okay. Um, the, the second metric is what we call the time to start render. Um, this is actually when a site, well, when you've typed twitter.com in, mm-hmm. actually when you see the page starting to draw, because it, it may be a second or a second and a half before you start seeing anything appearing in your browser. Mm-hmm. The tool we use most to, to, to look at this is webpagetest.org, um, and it allows you to test your website from different locations around the world and find out how long it actually start, it takes to start rendering that page. Mm. Um, and this is a metric where we're, we're probably most interested in from Google's perspective it is you know when a, when is enough data being delivered that we can draw the page and, and have the content there sure so if, if we're jumping into the, the, the sort of top 10 um, during our talk we really flew through the first first seven of them um, yeah. because they're reasonably technical but 
they're things you really need to be aware of and that are very, very easy to sort out. Yeah, I think it's um, worth going into those. Um, a lot of our listeners are you know, a little bit <laughs> tech-savvy, so that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, the, the first one is um, when you do the check on your time-to-first byte using bytecheck.com, mm-hmm. if that's slow and you want to run that test a number of times and find out whether it's consistently slow or whether it's slow now and again, try it during peak periods of traffic, try it during quiet periods, because, of course, some servers can become overloaded at busy times of the day, you know, typically lunchtime and early evening. Mm. If it's running consistently at um, above that sort of three, 400 milliseconds, there's a very good chance you've got infrastructure problems. Your hosting company isn't delivering what you need because they should be responding very, very quickly to those requests. Mm. So you need to talk to them and say, look, I need my site going faster and I, I can see that your servers aren't responding very, very quickly to the requests that are coming through. Sure. The, the second one is um, everybody should be doing this, uh, what we call G-zipping the, the, the content. Yeah. Um, it's compressing the content on the web server before it's sent to the browser. Um, and it sounds sensible to, to have on, but it's amazing how many people don't. Mm. Um, and what this does is as the content is rendered on the web server and is before it's actually sent to the browser, it goes through a compression process and is delivered, the, the smaller file is then delivered to the browser, which then decompresses it and renders it. It usually saves about 75 to 80% of the, the, the total data needing to be transferred. Sure. Um, and it's a very, very simple server-side option. It's literally just to switch it on, and it works. Yeah. Um, so, and, and just to, just to stop you there a little bit, I, I was sure. um, I'm quite okay with the one that you mentioned about the time to first byte and how you can actually approach your uh, service provider to say, "Look, my my site is slow. What can you do for me?" On the second one, you talk you talk about this G zipping. So let, let's take a, a lot of our listeners are running like uh, typical blogs, such as myself. You know, running uh, a WordPress blog. How would you actually, um, you, you talked about switching on, how, how would that work? Is that a plugin you, you would need to install? You know, what, what practically can you do to, to try and uh, g-zip your content? Yeah, well, normally you would hope that it would be a setting that's on server-wide. Um, oh. So again, your hosting company would ideally have that turned on. Mm. Um, generally, the only reason they wouldn't turn it on is that they want to charge you more for your bandwidth. Oh, okay. Um, because you're transferring more data each time, but of course, moving more data is slower, and it, it eats up more resources because it takes time for the browser to retrieve that all. So we will have a link again for the show notes where you can literally, again, just put in your site, and it will tell you whether HTTP compression is turned on or off. Brilliant. And again, you can go back to your hosting guys and say, I want to do this. If you're running something like WordPress, then there are options in there where you can enable it so that the, the site itself can deliver that. But again, it's, it's going to be better if it's enabled at a, at a server level sure. um, so you don't have to worry about it and have to worry about your site doing that extra work. Brilliant. The final point is that is, it is literally a, an on-off option, so there, mm-hmm. there, there shouldn't really be any objections to doing it. There, you know, people do come across objections, but I, I would say if, if, you know, if you're struggling to get it turned on, then it might be worth talking to other people about where you could get your site hosted. Sure. The third point is to try and reduce the number of requests needed to create a page. So a typical web page is, first of all, the 
the actual page itself, the HTML, which makes up the content, but then there are things which need to load externally, such as style sheets, JavaScript mm-hmm. files, all the images for the page. All of those individual elements are loaded in one at a time. Mm-hmm. So if you have several JavaScript files, merge them into one so that the browser only has to go and get that one file instead of three, four, five. Again, if you've got several style sheets, merge them back into one because each time the browser has to go and request another file, it takes time. It's got to, it's actually got to go and request it from the server, download it, and then close that connection. And all of that just just eats up the, the milliseconds of time that you you want to come take off your request. Absolutely. There's also a technique called CSS sprites, which yeah. allow you to put lots of images into one image and then only show the relevant pieces of the image in the right place so if you've got lots of buttons for example in a shopping cart where you've got your checkout button and your buy now and add to basket Mm -hmm. you could merge all of them into a single file um, which then means the browser downloads one image uh, which it will cache and it will hold on to so it won't need to keep downloading these all the time and again it just reduces the amount of work and amount of connections that the server has to be dealing with in order to actually draw that page and again, we've got a we've got a, another great link for show notes about using CSS sprites. Definitely include that one. Um, the fourth point is uh, caching. There, there are generally two techniques for for this. One's called uh, expires headers, and the other one is e tags. Mm-hmm. Now, lots of sites have shied they've sort of shied away from the um, uh, using caching because of. Um, wanting to track everything that a user is doing on the website. Mm. Um, So they deliver everything on demand to every page. Uh, All the data is downloaded each time, um, Mm. and nothing is saved and reused. Um, Mm. Really, we should allow the browser, the the customer's browser, to cache things like JavaScript, Mm cascading style sheets, images, because they're generally not going to change very frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can, also allow caching of pages. This won't impact your Google Analytics data, mm-hmm. but it will massively reduce the load on your servers, and it means that the user's experience when they, they've hit a page once before and they're revisiting it, it means it doesn't have to go and download it again. It's instantly available to them, and the impression that they get is the site is extremely fast. Brilliant. Similar question on that one, Andy. Is, is it also a matter of just um, switching that on or off? It, it can be with some tools. So, for instance, with WordPress, um, if you're running a, a blog, there are quite a lot of caching tools available. There's, a, a, a I think, a, a WP Super Cache mm-hmm. um, plugin, which which is very, very good. Um, and it, it just means that, you know, if, if somebody hits one of your blog posts, if somebody has hit it 10 minutes before, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to recreate all that data, generate that page. It's already there, so all it needs to do is deliver what it's already created. Shopping carts tend to be more complex with this process because, of course, once somebody has started to buy something, they've started the, the the purchase process and they've got a basket, you're needing to render pages differently for them than people who are just browsing. So there's usually a bit, bit more thought required on that side to really make that work. But it, it's all possible. And ultimately, it doesn't just lead to better render times for, for the users, better page speed. It actually means you can usually get your infrastructure cost down because you don't need to do as much processing on every request. Um, exactly. You can get rid of all the heavy lifting quite early on. Brilliant. 
Good. So we got four four out the way. Just a brief run through. Um, the first one was really um, server related, trying to reduce your time to first byte. Um, and you can contact your hosting service normally for this. Second one was about um, compressing your content, and uh, several means to to do that. Again, um, through your um, provider. Normally, it should be flick of a switch. Then the third one was reducing the number of HTTP requests by using services such as CSS Sprite. And the fourth one is uh, around uh, caching. Well, this concludes the first part of this two-part series where we've been looking at 10 ways in which you can optimize your website. Be sure to join us again next week for the conclusion in what has been a fascinating way to look at the small things that we take so much for granted but that make so much of a difference when it comes to the speed of your website because speed is the essence. Cheers, over and out.